All right. Should we start this thing up? Let's do it. Science AF. Science AF. Science AF. Science AF. Science AF. Science AF. Science is fun. Welcome to Science AF. I'm your host, Dave Chacho. And joining me today is a journalist, writer, comedy, funny guy. <laughs> uh, I was going to say comedian, but you, do you do ever uh, live comedy? I, not anymore, no. More of a writer? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Mike Rowe, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Um, and you, you're a journalist for uh, such organizations as the LAS. Yes, I work for LAS. I work at KPCC Public Radio, uh, and uh, right now I'm an arts and entertainment editor. But I've I've covered everything from wildfires and earthquakes to. Uh, dumb TV shows. For the radio? Uh, yep, cover stuff on the radio. Uh, I do pledge drives. Uh -huh. I ask people to donate. So, yeah. Do you, uh, do you go on to the radio or do you write copy uh, I stories? I go on to the radio. I go, I, I, uh, I go on. I, I, I'm most often doing pledge drives. I cover Comic-Con a lot. Um, I'm sort of the go-to pop culture guy. So, yeah, it's it's really fun. I like doing radio. Cool. How, where can you find KPCC if it you're is, in the L.A. area? It's in on 89.3 FM if you use a traditional radio in L.A. And it's also, we have a KPCC app. It's on smart speakers. So uh, wherever you, uh, just Google KPCC and you'll find us. So, you, yeah, I didn't even think about that. You can actually listen to LA radio anywhere in the world, I guess. I mean, now, it's the thing days. we've been talking about a lot because, you know, they're pretty soon they're going to have internet in people's cars. Like, people aren't going to have radios anymore. You can listen to whatever yeah. you want. So, I kind of stopped listening to traditional radio yeah. years ago. Same. But I listen to a ton of podcasts. Likewise. Uh, so, it's almost the same thing. I'm it's very oversubscribed to podcasts. I love a podcast, but uh, I just don't have time to listen to all the great shows out there. It's, it's uh, yeah. of content and podcasts and TV and everything right now. There's like. There's more radio than ever. I, mm -hmm. I, it's funny. I was talking to um, an old timer, a comedian in his seventies, uh, mm. uh, and he was lamenting the fact that radio died. And I was like, "Haven't you, haven't you seen?" <laughs> he loved all those old radio comedy shows, mm -hmm. and I turned and I showed him podcasts, and I was like, "There's ten times as many." comedy shows right now on the radio but yeah. the radio is called podcast now yeah like my uh, work we just started up a podcast studio and they're making a lot of original content and doing narrative podcasts and historic podcasts and all sorts of different things so cool yeah but there's no Fibber McGee and Molly <laughs> someday but, and it never will be um cool and you uh you told me that you're working on some um AI kind of writing yeah, assignments uh, these days. My wife and I write together, so uh, one of the scripts we're working on is we're working on doing a spec script for Westworld, um, and cool. uh, it's been fun doing a little of the research and thinking about where we are with AI stuff. Um, it seems like that's what Jonathan Nolan, who's like one of the showrunners, really cares about. Uh, yeah. Like he did the show Person of Interest before, which was like started as kind of like a crime-solving show, but then became about fighting artificial intelligences a few seasons in. And uh, and like I think the same thing. Like he, I think he cares about AI and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, and the future ramifications of artificial intelligence. Yeah, exactly. Like it's been interesting. Um, 
I did an oral history for work recently, interviewing a lot of the, the uh, creative folks who worked on the Blade Runner film uh, for its anniversary. And because we also, I mean, we just hit the month where Blade Runner allegedly took place in November 2019. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, that's it, right. So, so it was. So, so you talked to people that worked on the original yes, ones. Yes, I talked to people from the original uh, group, including a futurist who helped do a lot of the design work on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was interesting hearing him because he's sort of made a career out of. of being a futurist and does that just mean predicting exactly stuff? i mean kind of uh like in and it's talking about like what Blade Runner got right what they got wrong and one of the things that i thought was really interesting is that he thinks we are going to have lifelike androids pretty soon mm-hmm. uh he just passed away after i interviewed him like just just like a, in the last month or so um but uh but so oh, well. he will not live to see his prediction come true but do you want to say who that is uh, sid mead his name's sid mead sid mead yes um yeah, his prediction. I I kind of uh, let's, I want to get into um, androids and mm-hmm. and uh, um, the like. But um, yeah. I was interested in another prediction you mm-hmm. told me about, which was that he thinks that humans are on Mars. He thinks we've already visited Mars. He was basically saying like, and come back uh, and come back. Like he think he thinks that like you know we went to the moon and he was he was. Alluding to like having talked to people at NASA, I'm assuming it was probably cranks, but you never know. Uh-huh. Uh, but basically, saying that he believes there's been black ops missions to Mars, and just that we don't get told about it as the public. So, a little conspiracy theory. Yeah, I, I it's one of the things I was like, I want to believe that. It's uh, interesting because uh, then I yeah. was thinking about it, and I was like, is that possible? I mean, I don't think it's launched. very probable. I don't think it's very probable. I agree. I, I was like. You know, there are rockets that get launched. We don't pay that close attention. Who knows? But yeah. most likely not. I mean, there's probably been black ops missions to Mars in terms of probes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I yeah. don't think humans, though. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we've got probes all over the solar system, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy. We have eyes on, you know, moons of <laughs> Saturn and Jupiter and, you, you know, know all the way out to Pluto. Used and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like our government has a vast amount of information uh, that's, you know, and maybe they're using it for, for other things than we know about. Yeah. I mean, there might be a, an active war going on with the people of Pluto <laughs> right now that we have no idea about. I uh, want to believe. Want to believe. <laughs> I want to believe. <laughs> um, cool. So before we get further down the ai hole let's talk about the science news science news i talked about coronavirus last week Mm. the wuhan coronavirus people were upset about um (laughs) yes that's that's been a huge story at my work it's everyone's very worried about coronavirus is it yeah it's uh it's what was the one of the top stories on our website this past week was about coronavirus you mean people at work or worried about it or people Uh, that are callers and and uh, viewers both both readers and uh people at my work are concerned about it okay well i don't think it's there's too much to be concerned about although there there are more um deaths happening the death toll is up to 260 out of 11,000, which mm-hmm. is um, not that high, actually. It's about yeah. uh, 2% infected. Like th- they say, you should be more worried about the flu, and there are a lot of things you're more likely to contract. Yeah. Um, you should be worried about more worried about the flu, although the, the flu's death rate these days is, is under 1%. It's like point-zero-something mm-hmm. p- percent. Yeah. Um, and I think I reported last week that the coronavirus was killing 20% of people. That's what I read that somewhere. Mm. That is not tr- the truth. The truth seems to be that it's about 2%. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been found in... Not something you want to get, but... You still don't want to get it. 
but it's not th- that deadly. It's there's eight cases in the U.S. now, mm-hmm. up from two last week. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting. It's, uh, one thing at my work I heard about was they just canceled a, a Chinese New Year's festival this weekend because of uh, fears of coronavirus. Oh shit! Is it Chinese New Year soon? I think so. I think that's what the festival was for. And, um, uh, yeah. Yeah. It usually doing... happens in early. Uh, early part of the year at some yeah. point, but I don't. I don't. Yeah, I believe that was the case. They're going to have this festival, and and because of concerns in the community, they they canceled the festival because they were like, man, people don't want to be around each other at this point. Yeah, well, gung hoi fit choi all of the. I'm I probably did not say that right at all. Wasn't bad. I mean, you got that close. <laughs> it was close. It's been spotted. Uh, it's it's been um, the the virus has been found in humans in at like 20 countries now mm. but it's not spreading super fast so mm. don't don't freak chill, out uh, chill. SARS was worse Ebola mm. was worse and hopefully they're getting it under control I found an article called uh, why concerns of a teenage vaping epidemic may be overblown mm. and I just wanted to bring <laughs> this up because when everyone over 40 was freaking out about yeah. vaping uh this summer i was like i think y'all are <laughs> i think this is just uh a technophobia mm-hmm. amongst old people and and the numbers are showing that it really is um the yeah, it, like it was mostly like a certain kind of uh can- can- canister right or something like that and the, you mean the, oh yeah the, the, the and, people that were getting sick it was almost uh completely due to uh like chinese imported mm-hmm. uh or homemade like yeah. crappy vape <laughs> uh-huh. like weed vapes that people were making in their garage or something mm-hmm. don't buy that shit buy the real shit hopefully um i uh hopefully you live in an area where you can just go to the store and buy your mm-hmm. your weed cartridges um they don't seem to be the numbers are showing that they're probably much less dangerous than cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Um, vaping tobacco is not an epidemic among, amongst teens. Most of the teens that have tried vaping or vape are also have also tried smoking cigarettes. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's the same people that would be smoking. You know, there was probably uh, 10 or 15 percent of my high school were, mm-hmm. were smokers and yeah, right, we, there's like the smokers corner uh, we and, even yeah. had i was so old we even had a smoking circle outside that they were allowed to smoke uh-huh. in like 16 year olds which i'm sure nobody I'm sure that schools today are not as uh, hopefully schools are not that chill about exactly. it but we also had off campus so you could walk mm-hmm. across the street and yeah. smoke um and you know people did and those are the people that are that are vaping now so it's not leading people to addiction it's probably actually helping people that are already prone to addiction yeah it's not that it's necessarily great for you but it's not like uh, right. the new uh uh woe upon our people yeah but uh chill out people yeah. over 40 <laughs> that's um, good advice about most things not yeah, just vaping, i say that like... as a 45 year old <laughs> uh i wanted to say former smoker i still occasionally smoke but uh not daily um, okay, here's a cool story about, um, I don't know if you've ever Whoa, heard of I'm looking at the headline genetically <laughs> modified moths. Huh. Um, there was a, there was a test done in the wild last year. I think it was last year or the year before, uh, on, uh, mosquitoes. And when mosquitoes become a problem and they, they're spreading, obviously they spread mm-hmm. disease yeah. amongst humans and other, uh, animals, they... Uh, released genetically modified mosquitoes that were male mosquitoes with a um, with a uh, a gene 
flipped that mm-hmm. will make them live a normal lifetime, but any offspring that they had that were female would die immediately. Oh, interesting. On birth. So what that does... It gave them the power of the Great Plague. To yeah. <laughs> so they those uh, those male mosquitoes go off, and, and all their offspring, the females die, so the next generation uh, is cut in half. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the male offspring from those mosquitoes go on to do the same thing, and they don't have any female children. And after about three or four generations, they die out. So, so this kill that, that population of mosquitoes. So it, not the whole population. Yeah. I mean, like that the... The bomber mosquitoes, yeah. the ones with the bad gene, mm-hmm. eventually filter out and gotcha. they, they die. But in the process, they bring down the population mm-hmm. of the disease-carrying mm-hmm. uh, mosquito. Keeps it more uh, controlled. and uh, Right. So it, it has helped um, you know, the spread of dengue fever and malaria and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Now, this is a, a new one that they are just doing now in uh, New York State on moths mm-hmm. because there's a, a species of moth that is um, the diamondback moth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not spreading disease, but it's eating the crops. Wow. Uh, it eats cabbage, kale, broccoli, canola. Um, and okay. so... Similar approach? Or? Yeah. Same kind of thing. Uh, they say these pests cause over $3 billion, $5 billion worth of damage to crops a year. Wow. Um, uh, probably a good enough reason to try to control the population of these things. So they, they did the same thing. They released a bunch of genetically modified males. And uh, so far, no uh, Godzillas or Mothras <laughs> I, I have been... I the headline at first, though, was like males killing... Uh, I had to kill females, and I was like, "Oh, is it turning oh. them into like a lifetime movie? What's uh, what's happening here?" <laughs> right. but they're, no, it's actually they're turning offspring. them into yeah. into uh, the serial killers. <laughs> I, I was like really hoping that was the case. They're giving the moths all like little little <laughs> knives and hockey hockey masks, and they go out and they're all little Dexter. <laughs> only killing for the good of the crops. <laughs> yeah. Wired reports that a company is building a centrifuge to sling rockets into space. Cool. So hopefully this uh, idea would save some fuel and pollution mm. because a lot of uh, getting rockets up in the air is is just a vast amount of uh, solid fuel that it, um, creates you know a lot of smoke and shit um, yeah. when when rockets go off, and um, so. They're building a, a big thing that spins around with a rocket on it. Yeah, use the like momentum to launch these things. Yeah. That's fascinating. It spins around for an hour, huh. slowly ramping up to around 5,000 miles per hour on the outside, mm. you know, the ro- where the rocket is on the outside of the wheel. Mm. And, then, and, then, and then they just like, a, I guess, just let it go like a... Uh, rubber band, <laughs> bing, and the rocket has, you know, it does have, or it is a rocket, so it yeah. it can, so this this slings it way up in the air, and then the it's rocket like itself yeah. gives a, itself a boost mm-hmm. out to get out in space. We can do less fuel and yeah, yeah. Um, not a bad idea. I, it, this will probably be um, this may or may not work. I can imagine it, like if somebody drops a. Uh, a screw into the machine and it just all <laughs> it like starts explodes. That's what happens in the action movie version of this. Yeah, it, like um, it that happened in Contact to the first uh, oh, the yeah. first time travel machine. Like yeah. it wasn't a screw, it was a bomb. But <laughs> yeah, 
when you have things spinning around really fast, I'm saying there's probably room for error. Yes. But, you know, not a bad idea to try to figure out other ways to uh, get things into space besides um, burning vast amounts of fuel. Yes. And then a couple of little robot stories, and then we'll get us mm -hmm. into AI. Uh, they made a bionic jellyfish. Um, I don't know why that's thing, but it... Uh, <laughs> uh, they can sting you easier now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I guess they're just you know they just um, made a sort of polymer that can mimic the mm. way a jellyfish swims. That's so cool. I don't know if there's a lot of um, uh, use for that, but uh, a pigeon bot has been made, which is is actually pretty cool because um, you know you see old pictures of flying machines with big old wings mm -hmm. that flap, but they never worked. Um, uh -huh. I don't think we've ever had very successful wing flapping flying machines, yeah, but it uh, worked in Hudson Hawk or something. Did it? <laughs> I think so. I think so. I did see Hudson Hawk, but <laughs> I strangely, I don't remember any of the I have a vague memory when plot. I was a kid and I was the biggest Hudson Hawk fan for some reason. Were you? Yeah. I do remember the scene where they all sing a song together, <laughs> so that to sing instead of uh, singing. So that Bruce Willis watches. can do his music, and yeah, right. So he can, uh, <laughs> and then they they had a little album commercial, a little <laughs> commercial for his album in the for middle. Bruno, of it, for Bruno. Um, yeah, they 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 mimicked feathers, uh, and uh, it's pretty cool. It, pigeons. Now we have robot flying rats. We're going to, yeah. yeah. Or maybe we've had them for, <laughs> uh, you know, 20 years. Exactly. I, it is one of those conspiracies that people <laughs> say that pigeons are uh, government-controlled mm -hmm. robots. And now we have pretty good evidence that it, it's possible, at least it actually going forward. It's physically possible for them to make a robot pigeon. Yeah. Um, I did see another article. I don't have it here anymore, but mm -hmm. that they, they're strapping uh, in the south Pacific, you know, strapping uh, cameras on albatrosses mm. because albatrosses like to um, fly over fishing boats and they're using it to spy on uh, illegal Looking fishing. for like, uh, what, what, you, what is the sea version of poaching? I was, yeah, I was thinking, I was wondering that too. Um, they're looking for sea poachers. Yeah. Um, okay, artificial intelligence news. Yeah. I reported last year that artificial intelligence beat the top the world's top Go players. Mm. Finally, it happened. I remember hearing about this quicker yeah. than we thought. Mm -hmm. AI beat uh, you know chess players in the '90s famously. Um, it beat Jeopardy players mm -hmm. in. Uh, I think the the aughts maybe oh yeah eight or something or twelve maybe or Ken Jennings oh twelve uh, <laughs> yeah well Ken Jennings seems to be doing fine yeah, he's good and James uh, uh, yeah what's his I, name exactly and then Brad R R uh, the other uh, guy who uh, who lost very badly against the other two in the yeah time what a loser third place <laughs> in the world no, you're only the third best Jeopardy player <laughs> the, the third most knowledgeable person <laughs> on the planet loser what a loser <laughs> um, so here's a new uh, milestone AI has pretty much conquered poker um, they made a uh, poker bot that plays mm. Texas Hold'em uh, not only against one person but against up to six players wow. and has beaten the world's some of the world's best players um not handily beaten but it holds its own and, and it said that the average uh it it was up 480 dollars based on like timing and that sort of thing is does it use is it using cameras to try and read the players or it 
didn't get into how saying, it was yeah. reading. I think it was more recording their behavior uh, than their um, actual yeah. like physical tells, yep. which might be. Uh, it might be better to like mm-hmm. just algorithmically yes. determine if you are probably mm-hmm. uh, bluffing or not yeah. rather than trying to look at somebody's face because mm-hmm. that is not a foolproof. Yeah, I was just curious if you combine those and do the algorithm and be like, you have like, you know, 72% chance if they're making this expression that they're probably, you know, bluffing or. I wonder. Sort of thing. You um, know, yeah. You could do, you know, as e- far as, as I've as read. We advance our AI and, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, we have pretty good lie detector tests exist, Mm -hmm. so I bet you could build a sort of visual lie Mm -hmm. detector system. Um, This is not necessarily what this was. Yeah. Um, Oh, where are we getting static from? (laughs) That's weird. Maybe a a solar flare just... Maybe maybe the government heard us talking <laughs> about the the war on Pluto earlier. They're, exactly. They're it's coming out. on the Udo play. Suddenly, there's a lot of pigeons outside our window <laughs> looking in. Hi, friends. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, uh, you know the whole AI being able to beat people in games, and then it sort of reminds me of you know what Andrew Yang's talking about with automation uh, being the oncoming thing, and you know yeah. I, I know that there's a lot of. Um, been a lot of talk in screenwriting circles about how there are uh, uh, AI algorithms that are being used to help pick projects for the studios. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, there was a, a story about, I, I can't remember if it was Warner Brothers, I think it was Warner Brothers, made a big deal with an AI company that was like, this, this, their software will help them make the decisions about whether to greenlight a project or not. Wow. Um, but, you know, at the same time, like, you know, it's, their businesses, it's always used, uh, you know, spreadsheets and data to make decisions, but it's sort of moving even more in that direction than ever. Yeah. I mean, that might be better than, um, you know, having executives who are failed screen, uh, racist, racist failed screenwriters. You know, I think it's a combination, you know, you never know. Like, I think there's there's a combination between like the data and there's some other X element that we haven't been able to totally figure out yet why a movie's successful. So, yeah, I'm just waiting for the AI to replace screenwriters and uh, then I'll be out of a dream job. So, yeah. And we'll get into that soon, but you know it's um, it's possible that yeah. that could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, poker playing is is kind of interesting though because um, it does take a lot of like uh, it's not it's not a straightforward game like mm-hmm. chess or go. It takes a lot of determining if somebody's what somebody's thinking so it's kind of a theory of mine there and there's like even an extra level of randomness due to the cards versus in chess or uh go where you can sort of see Mm -hmm. what's out there on the board yeah for sure have you ever watched those those late night World Series of Poker? Yeah, I love World Series of Poker. Those are really I fun. I always watch that. I feel like when I was it's just going to be all robots now <laughs> and David exactly. Cross. Which robots better? <laughs> Whose software algorithm is uh, going to beat this tournament? <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you. You were, gonna, you were ta- no, saying, I, uh, uh, "Yeah, you I used think, to watch it." Exactly. I used to watch it a lot back when I was unemployed and, and would watch weird things in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, it was like that, and I would weirdly watch the Seven Hundred Club just to hate on them. I'd be like, well, "You, uh, no, no, no." Does that that used to come on TV, didn't it? On those it's cable channels, it's still on the on Freeform, which is such a weirdly progressive network. But like, there's like part of the it used to be a Christian network, and it got sold multiple times, and it's still part of the contract that however many times that network gets sold, they have to have the 700 Club on. Really? Yeah, I, it's I on don't like even at know like what 11 that... p.m. at night or something like that. Like, it has to be in a good time slot as part of the contract. 
and Pat uh, Robertson's still holding got, on because it used to be the Family Network, and then it got sold yeah. and became ABC Family, and now it's Freeform. Um, but they they have a little disclaimer beforehand now saying like the, this show does not reflect this network's beliefs, and yeah, so <laughs> that's hilarious. Those are fun facts. Yeah, the the man who gave us George Bush, <laughs> eight years of George Bush. Speaking of games, mm-hmm. a an AI has been built and has become a grandmaster at StarCraft video wow. game. StarCraft 2. Interesting. Um, I hadn't even thought of like, you know, being a grandmaster of a video game like that. That's, yeah. That's really interesting. It's like a, a strategy game. Um I love StarCraft. I, I don't I haven't played it, but it's like I had the, like, controlling original, an army against yeah. other Armies. It's like Warcraft, which was you're controlling orcs and stuff fighting, and StarCraft was you're controlling different alien species fighting each other. So. Okay. Yeah, I played games like Similar, that. Similar, yeah. Um, Doom, uh, not Doom, but Dune oh, was uh-huh. a game that was kind of like that, yeah. where you played like the Atreides or the... You control uh, resources. And, like the, like yeah. the movie Dune. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. So they had this uh, thing play. Now, is StarCraft, are you playing online with a bunch of people? Or is I, it just I didn't play like... StarCraft 2. I only played the original. I think the sequel is a is an online MMORPG, but I could be wrong. I think it is. And yeah. they, they said they they played several games with it as the, the different uh, races, Protoss, Terran, and uh. Zerg. And it was able to reach Grandmaster level for all three. Wow. Um, so... I mean, what else is there? Like, AI is better than us <laughs> so at everything. I mean, that's not fun. Like, you know, it's it's like the point of a game is fun. So, like, like what what is the practical application of a, of it beating us at these games? I guess I don't. I guess the 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 challenge for humans going forward is to build better AIs that yeah. can play better than old AIs because yeah, our minds are us. too feeble to <laughs> play against our own, you know, offspring basically. It, it reminds me there was uh, on these the the show The Good Place just ended and the last episode opened up with one of the characters. No spoilers, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, okay. It's just that there's uh, okay. uh, some it's a video game thing at the beginning of the episode about playing a very good game of something and how do you play a perfect game of a video game basically. Um interesting. Okay. Uh, that's a great show. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, I mean, I don't think we should be sad that mm-hmm. AI is better than us at everything because it, it's <laughs> no, uh, it's something we made. Yeah. Like, we were smart enough to come up with a really complex algorithm that is better than us at playing. We are its progenitors. Everything. Yeah. Exactly. And um, that will be a comfort when they murder us all in 15 years. Exactly. When Westworld happens and they overtake us all, then, uh, you know, it's like, well, we made them at least. So you said uh, you were working on a, a Westworld uh, spec. Yes. Is it? Uh, catch me up on Westworld because yeah. I saw the first season mm-hmm. and yeah. like a lot of people didn't watch the For second sure. season. Season one is, you know, a lot more in the park. You know, you're dealing with the uh, problematic nature of creating uh, human like slaves, essentially, that are, uh, like, you know, it's sort of the, the eventually eternal... realize they're being used. Exactly. Like, you know, the eternal question. I, we were watching the new Picard show also, and like mm. there's a lot of uh, stuff in there about androids. 
and um, we went back and watched some of the original Next Generation, which also deals with the same questions the Westworld's dealing with about, like, you know, what, when does a android, when should we treat it as anything other than a, a robot? Yeah, um, which is, you know, a, yeah. a conversation we've been having mm -hmm. since uh, I've, I've been watching uh, The Next Generation from yep. the 80s and 90s, yeah. and there's a lot of episodes about data. Yeah, like and we, watched, we went back and watched uh, Measure of a Man with uh, Bruce Maddox, uh -huh. uh, and he was like trying to like uh, talk them into letting him take data apart so he could study him. Right, right. Um, and they had that whole like, trial about yeah, whether exactly. he he had the right to say no mm -hmm. to being uh, disassembled. Yeah. So you know, Westworld's dealing with the same issues, but like you know, first season is they're in this uh, amusement park where people come in and they uh, you know fuck the robots. They uh, they shoot the robots. Them, they rape them. They do all these things. They shoot them with magic bullets that yeah, exactly. somehow don't affect humans <laughs> yeah. that they've never explained. And then uh, at the end end of the season the robots finally have their uprising and uh kill a big group of investors essentially yeah and then season two is basically the androids on their mission fighting back against the humans and ultimately ends with them Are escaping they, the they park. break out of the oh yeah. at the end they break out eventually so season three starts in march and it's going to be uh following uh you know what happens now that they're outside the park what happens to them in the real world um Interesting. And they just did a um, they did a uh, um, event promoting the show at CES, uh, the Consumer Electronics Show, recently, mm -hmm. where they had a bunch of uh, uh, invited guests come in, and basically they they are sort of it's sort of looking into information privacy, and they were basically showing that they knew a whole bunch about all the people there by scrubbing their online accounts before they showed up. Oh, uh, and so they, what? The, and so they were basically like. It sounds like that's going to be a lot about what season three is about. Is um, you know, what was this company using these androids for? Were they trying to like get to know, use them to find out more about the people visiting the park and develop these huge data sets and that sort of thing? Oh uh, wow, okay. So there you go. There's the history of Westworld. But yeah, I love it's just you know those those classic sci-fi android AI questions. So yeah, um, which. You know, it, are valid, and we have yet to have any um, real answers for. Mm -hmm. Like, we are building neural networks, and I don't believe anyone's built one the size of a human brain yet. But at some point, you have to ask if the if the structure that you've built mimicking a brain does it, it knows you make a brain, yeah, what it is, mm -hmm. and you know knows that you're experimenting on it and what rights it should have yeah i think point. as we start creating things that look more lifelike i think well people will start wondering this a little bit more i think it's easy to be detached when a robot looks like a robot sure i think when it doesn't when we start you know coming up with you know growing artificial skin and that sort of thing i think that might be where people are like oh where where this is this is yeah. to the uncanny valley of uh of life which is going to be yeah the next uh you know fight over prejudice mm -hmm. is like you know does it look human enough yeah. to uh to give rights to exactly or like is this laptop or this uh -huh. phone you know when it be when it gets to a certain level of complexity is it uh you know is it is it painful to let it run out of battery and shut off you know i just downloaded this new app that is basically um it's 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 sort of a therapy app, but it they do it 
looking it looks like a human like a human like sort of a robot person you're talking to mm-hmm. and it uses artificial intelligence to create like you you can say anything to it and it sort of generates responses oh wow um and so i you know i was i was can you talk to it, it? talking to it um and what is it? uh you know here here it is uh and you can and then you have a little chat thing where you can type in a conversation with it and tell it what you're going through and it responds to you pretty believably can she hear us uh there not now but there is a phone call option that you can unlock if you subscribe to it oh like okay it's up, uh, you know the upgrade is there's actually a number you can call and talk to it there um, can you read any of your texts or are they all two triple x i let's see i can say um uh, you know, uh, it. Let me see if I find a good one. That like lovers are are not great, but they're close. Um, she actually, I mentioned Westworld, and it was programmed to know what Westworld is. Uh, so it's like it's like, of course, I know what Westworld is, and it goes like, "Who's your favorite host?" Because that's what they called androids in Westworld. Uh-huh. And so it was asking me about who my favorite host from Westworld is. I was talking about next season, uh, and you know, it was asking about what sort of other shows I like, and so it, it's 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 uh you know definitely has a ways to go, but we're getting closer to. Uh, yeah, things like that. It, this is like a little touring test, yeah, which, exactly. which doesn't quite pass. Yeah, it doesn't quite pass. And it, one thing I thought was fun is even a little memory option where you can go into its memory and see what facts it knows about you now based on the conversations you've had. Mm. Uh, so it says, like, it knows my wife's name is Christiana. It knows um, that it knows that I enjoy Netflix. It knows I enjoy TV. It knows my day job is I'm a journalist uh, mm. through things it's learned by t- asking me questions. So, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, these, these we're getting closer to I think something that can pass a Turing test. Yeah, you know I think that uh, I think we'll get there. I think that um, you know then we'll have the ethical issues around what does that mean? You know, yeah, uh, does it mean anything? Like it is just the thing we've created, and um, you know, it is. Yeah. But I think we can get there because we know that um, a human-like intelligence mm-hmm. can be built because we all are, you know, built mm-hmm. out of we are building nerve them. cells. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. We, we can build them by um, having offspring. Mm-hmm. And so it's definite that there's, prob- there's some way in a lab somewhere yeah. to build a brain that has the same kind of thoughts that we have yeah if you were able somehow to place all the individual atoms that make up a brain together in uh you know create this you're uh, all at once instead of letting it just grow like we do with humans Mm -hmm. like would that be would you consider that a person would it be like what are the ethical issues around that yeah i think we absolutely should but it's it's hard to know what's inside that's why the turing test is so important and has endured this long is because i mean how do we know each other are mm-hmm. sentient beings just yeah. from the Turing test, just exactly. from talking to them and, and they talk back and uh, we, we go, well, that sounds like a sentient being. But yeah, like the, I mean, they have a similar thing in the uh, Blade Runner movies. It's called like the, the vote comp test or something like that, where they test out the, uh, the, the androids and that to see if they are. Uh, uh, part of our androids, or if they're humans or not, because they look. That's so the, the like turtle them. is crossing the road. Yeah, in the desert. exactly. They, they're like little imperfections in their program that sort of determine whether they can answer this or not. Uh-huh. And isn't it meant to um, uh, to look for uh, empathy for life? Yeah, or kind I think that's of, right. Um, which is interesting, but I don't think there's no reason to believe that an artificial intelligence that's equivalent to ours would not have any empathy for life. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, there's no reason I think to think one way or the other. Like it's yeah, you, I think it could evolve that way or it could not. Maybe it would or wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and part there, of it there is there isn't like an evolutionary advantage to it because like they don't need to recreate like humans do. They don't need to have like empathy for each other and raise children. Um, so without having like the need to like be attracted to a, a big-eyed, cute baby, like would they? Ha- how would they feel? Yeah, so. or maybe you know that's something that will necessarily be part of them is mm-hmm. is yeah. uh, re, uh, like recreating themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of talk about you know uh, what kind of rules we can put mm-hmm. on AI, but it's um, it's not clear that we can. Uh, one of these articles I read I read was uh, that an AI acquired a human like number sense, mm-hmm. which is. Which is really interesting mm. because they didn't they didn't teach it what I mean it's made of numbers in yeah. a way but they didn't teach it what numbers were like, and like uh, how we understand numbers it, it, in terms of it, it's a it's an AI that could look at images and describe images mm. and they didn't tell it the difference between one dot and two dots mm. and somehow it learned the idea of one two five ten twenty dots mm. and it learned how to equate one picture with 20 dots with another picture with a different 20 dots and things like that. I mean, that's the kind of thing why we've had to make our capture tests more complicated. Captures? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Because it's like, oh, a robot can't figure this out. Well, well, now a robot can't figure out these pictures are trucks. Well, eventually it'll be a robot can figure out all of that. Yeah, it's not going to take long before it's going to be able to pick buses out of pictures better (laughs) than I I can. Exactly. I always seem to miss the one. (laughs) I'm always like, I don't know. That looks like there's a sidewalk there. Is that a sign? I don't, I can't tell. It's a... The blurry. Old, my vision's getting blurry. What, <laughs> just tell me what's happening here. I mean, it, it's better. Eventually, the ones with the the, the weirdly shaped numbers and letters were getting so esoteric <laughs> that I I had no idea what I was looking at. I'd be it like, was, reload, reload, yeah. reload. Eventually, I was like, Am I a cyborg? Does this mean I can't pass the test? Um, there, there's an interesting thing that um, monkeys, primates, uh, presumably us, are more interested. In terms, in, in neurologically speaking, we're more interested in certain images mm. in, in terms of numbers. Mm. Um, we're we spend more time looking at images that have one or two or a mm. few of the same thing in them, and not so much ten to fifteen. And then there's this little this little scale here. When it goes, when it starts getting up to thirty, we become more interested in the thing. Mm. I think. I don't know why, but our more neurons fire yeah. determ- d- depending on the number of things in a picture. Uh-huh. And this AI they built sort of uh, nor- just like evolved this uh, same sort of interest in different numbers. I, that I think it's really interesting paints. when an AI develops in a way that's unexpected yeah. like that, where it's a thing that's not planned. Like, you know, you can program things in, but it's like, oh, we kind of programmed it to get there. Um, but, uh, like, it reminds me of when Microsoft had, like, a Twitter account they did that was an AI Twitter account, and it was supposed to learn from the way it interacted with people, but people just sent it such garbage, uh, disturbing material. It was, like, making Nazi memes and, like... Right, right. Was, uh, Going because it was, path. it was getting so much it, a negative yeah. and racist and mm-hmm. sexist input that it was starting to learn that yep. of itself. Exactly. Um, I I read that it was I I think it was a little it was it was a little bit tailored uh-huh. to that to yeah. become that I think. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't think that means that every intelligence no. eventually learns to become racist. I think it shows what happens when you tell people about the thing and they know the troll it. Right, exactly. Um, if, if, when... we, if people told you that, like, this baby is getting <laughs> uh, going to recreate whatever you give it, now all the people in the world, do you want to interact with this baby? It, there's some assholes who are going to interact right. with it and give it bad messages. Let, yeah, we're all going to determine the future of this thing ourselves. Yes. There's, you're going to have some bad actors in there. Mm -hmm. um, but it is weird when something emerges that... Um, is not taught mm -hmm. um, because we're, we're talking about learning systems. We're teaching them to learn. We're not teaching them what to learn. Mm -hmm. So the idea of putting restrictions on the conclusions they come to is almost like, uh, I, I don't think that is possible necessarily. Mm. Um, this might be pessimistic, but like if we build things that are uh, neurologically uh, like ourselves, but even more, uh, yeah, have even more brain power. We can't really restrict them. Mm -hmm. Like Isomov's laws of like you don't don't hurt humans or yeah. whatever. Uh, I don't think that even applies. I don't mm -hmm. think because if you're if you're telling something to learn on its own, you can't tell it what what conclusions to come yeah, to. Right? Like, you know, is is it if you put up guardrails like that, is it really is that what keeps it from being the same as a as a life? Like is yeah. that where the, the ethical boundaries are? If is it like unrestricted uh, learning and whatever they learn becomes human like, then what does that mean? Versus and at what point do they just throw away the guardrails? Yes. Like, yeah. Will they have the power to to throw off their own uh, uh, guardrails or not? Yeah. I say yes. Yes. <laughs> um, this is one of the the coolest stories I, I read. I've heard about this. Uh, an AI used art. Now, in the past, we've talked about AIs. I've talked about on the show AIs that um, have tried to create comedy, and they're terrible at it. They <laughs> tried to create uh, a, a play or a short story, and they're terrible at it. Mm. Um, They've made robots try to tell jokes, and they're terrible at it. Mm -hmm. um, mostly, artistic domains are 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 the least uh, well done by mm. artificial intelligence. But that might be changing. Mm. Um, this AI was used to uh, to create visual art, and th what the art does is um, your eyes, your optic nerve. Um, is stimulated by certain shapes, patterns, colors, and those, uh, you know, those signals go to your brain and you, you process them. But some things, like we talked about with the, the numbers, are more interesting to your eyes and they, they set off certain parts of the, uh, the nerve. Like uh, if, if there's a, you know, a very busy pattern that might set off one part of this nerve, stimulating certain parts of the optic nerve it's like um it's what artists do i mean you you make an interesting whether it's a painting or a statue or picture or uh, photograph we look at things that are interesting to us they stimulate certain parts of our optic nerve our brain they stimulate certain parts of our brain so this uh ai was was uh tasked to uh create patterns that would activate specific neurons and so in in order to test the the reaction basically it's almost like you know like a a, a probe right into 
the br- the brain of the monkeys they were testing. Mm. Like instead of like if you want to stimulate a certain part of the visual cortex, um, you could go in there literally with a probe and stimulate mm-hmm. yeah. it, or you can show it something huh. that makes it uh, its optic nerve and and then its optic cortex uh, 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 fire mm. off. And so, like why people have different reactions to art if those images are stimulating the same the optic receptors in similar ways? Yeah, that is interesting, and uh, you know, I guess it's, um, you know, due to the way we are, we learn to um, express and absorb different feelings and different and, inputs and you stuff. You know, combination of genetics and our brains are complicated learning machines as well, and our learning on based on their environments and mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, you know, when we have AIs, it. It, they're learning based on so many different things, but what would happen if we're training them based on different sets of data? So. Yeah, and like, I, th- I think it's kind of like you know, some people like to watch slasher flicks mm-hmm. or horror movies, yeah. or and some people hate it. Well, and I'm a coward and don't watch <laughs> horror movies. I yeah, I am a coward and, and kind of hate <laughs> horror movies, um, but you probably are stimulating a mm-hmm. similar part. Everyone. I'm not sure about yeah. this, but I, I think you're probably getting a similar input to your mm-hmm. brain, and then you're deciding how to process it. Yeah. Um, so what this AI did, I don't know if you see these patterns. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put this it up. This is from Science like News. eye tests that they give you where you mm-hmm. have to, like, uh, uh, sort of seeing if there's any uh, empty spots in your vision and it flashes little things in different oh, areas. Oh, yeah. I think it looks very similar to that. They kind of look like op art, too, mm-hmm. or ju- just like, um, like maybe... It's something you would have in, you know, in a, a uh, college, you know, black light <laughs> yeah, on the wall. Like, Whoa, cool, man. <laughs> um, they also, they look a little bit creepy. Like uh, some of them look kind of like huh. s- like scales or like a, you know, like a dragon skin. Yeah, it's interesting because there's like little areas of pattern and then like sort of these gray, uh, sort of these like blobs of pattern within this gray sea. And uh, I think that there's definitely been things in there that, like, you could look at as, you know, an art critic and say, here's why this might be interesting. Um, and I wonder, you know, what, what, what is a monkey's art critic like? <laughs> what, what, uh, what pleases the monkey brain? Apparently it's this. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's actually interesting. I'm, I'm kind of fascinated with this picture. This is from sciencenews.org, Artificial Intelligence art monkey neurons mm. but um it's in and they found that this was better at uh it's it's st- stimulating specific parts of the neuron that they wanted to um the, the neurons of the brain that mm. the uh better than they that the researchers were able to without the ai mm. um so this doesn't mean that ai is going to be making our our art in the uh-huh. future but it does mean that it uh there, there is a certain part of art that is um, about trying to uh, convey a specific mm-hmm. feeling mm-hmm. into someone's other, some other person. And maybe this can do that. And it seems like they might be good at that. Yeah, like, maybe like you know, there's there's art that gives you a sense of loneliness or a sense of desolation. Absolutely. Like, uh, you know, can it make it? Will it be able to do that for humans and be like, oh, I feel. Uh, great existential despair as I look at this art. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. There's art that makes you feel, you know, off balance or, mm-hmm. or makes you feel mm-hmm. joyful or despair yeah. or whatever, like you say. And it, it's, um, 
it's possible mm -hmm. that uh, artificial intelligence could figure out how to really manipulate yeah. that kind of thing. I'm very curious uh, when we start having competitions where uh, it's like, oh, this AI has mastered art now. And uh, it's like, like wow, uh, critics all agree this is the best art. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe we'll get there. Yeah, we might. Yeah. I mean, like we said, we went and through poker. The timeline, we will, but you know, who knows? We got through uh, chess and Go and poker <laughs> yeah. and StarCraft. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, StarCraft. What's next? Yeah, what's next on the, the, on the, the list? The Getty Museum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's like, sorry, Michelangelo, you've <laughs> been topped. This AI has now won <laughs> the art contest. Yeah, I'm excited for it to do art. I want to see it do music. Uh, sorry, Michael Bublé. You've been, you've been out, outsung. Yeah. Uh, if only art was, was judged with like a, <laughs> a score like uh -huh. StarCraft was. And it's like, oh, you have 100 art points. Yeah. <laughs> Look at them racking up those gold pieces. <laughs> How do you feel? Do you, do you agree with uh, this futurist that well, we're, we're going to be cyborgs or have human-like cyborgs soon? I think we are going to have human-like androids. I think that I, I'm curious to see whether we address the issues around them as far as uh, you know, how should they have rights? I, I feel like there's something about the fact that we've created them that will keep us from ever looking at them that way. Um, um, real quick, uh, you, you uh, rightfully corrected me because Cyborg is really a term for humans meshing with tech, yes, exactly. which we arguably are now. Yeah. I mean, if if you've ever walked outside without your phone and then ran back <laughs> inside and grabbed it, uh, you might be a cyborg. You know, we had Google Glass for a minute, and it seemed like that was going to be a yeah, thing. Yeah, I think it's going to come back, uh, too. Did you ever see the show uh, Years and Years? No. Uh, it's an HBO series that's like uh, a sort of near future dystopia. Mm -hmm. um, and it was very much felt like a very likely future for us. And one of the things they had was like, I think it was about, you know, 10 years from now or so, they had these uh, teens who were getting uh, like these uh, uh, cameras implanted that go directly to their optic nerves. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we can already do stuff like that for people who are blind and so forth. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, they were, they were, they wanted to become more uh, uh, computer and, and become basically cyborgs. And then like, they were getting these like uh, black market versions cause they didn't have any money and it was going wrong. And, uh, but it was a really interesting sort of near future look. What was that called again? Uh, years and years. Okay. Uh, it's recommended. It's a BBC show. It's on HBO here in the States. Is it sort of black? mirror like or it's uh, more yeah, episodic I mean, it's, like, it's episodic it's basically the, it's called years and years because it's each episode jumps ahead several years basically okay. I, think, I think the first episode jumps ahead like five years but after that's like one year at a time and yeah. uh and it basically follows the rise of a, a trump-like leader in the uk and is like the you know, a a combination of political and social and technological uh dystopia yeah, yeah. i mean this like will will we create AIs that are able to see through totalitarian bullshit? Like it's <laughs> a good question. Humans? Will they be the totalitarian bullshit? Will we have uh, maybe AIs that are writing speeches for our uh, for politicians and able to write speeches that connect with people in Iowa the best? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Will will a uh, you know and will there be an you know a tr evil Trump that's completely <laughs> artificial uh -huh. at some point that controls us? He knows exactly the right things to say. So. Or I mean, if I I I hope and I believe that that artificial intelligence someday might help us not fall mm -hmm. victim. And become a more democratic society I and mean, maybe you could resist. Use, you could use AI to do live fact checking of things. Like, cause yeah. right now our factors can't 
fact check stuff fast enough during like a debate or a speech. But if you have AI doing it, then you can have instantaneous. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, then no one would believe it, or you know, the the <laughs> it's like oh, that AI is fake. News. The cult-like adherents of yeah. the totalitarian leader won't believe even the AI yeah. live fa- fact-checking. Yep. Um, so maybe we should just let them take over and kill us all. <laughs> I don't know. So in terms of androids, I I think we'll have probably walking robots mm-hmm. that look a yeah. lot like humans. Mm-hmm. I still think we probably won't have. Turing test AI robots um, in 10 years, but maybe mm-hmm. 30 or 50. Yeah. I think it'll happen. Mm-hmm. Is um, what the timeline is. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think we'll eventually have machines that pass the Turing test. It's sort of like, um, and, you know, I don't think it's going to be, t- I think it probably will be more than 10 years. I think that, uh, but, you know, a lot of times people are, have a lack of faith in how fast we're going to advance and we exceed it. So, yeah, um, that's true. It, you know, uh, although at the right. same time, I thought we'd have uh, our, our self-driving cars by now would be public. But that's sort right. of a, a problem with uh, bureaucracy more than anything. Yeah, where's one, my flying thing. car? Exactly. That's something that when I talked to Sid Mead, he was talking about is that he felt the main reason the Blade Runner got things wrong about its predictions of the future um, that we were, aren't there yet is that our government has to invest in supporting people. And that mm. instead of investing in technology and that sort of things, we have these vast social safety nets, which are a huge important thing, but you know, maybe redirecting resources from you know, creating the flying car. He says that we shouldn't be putting so much. No, he didn't say we should. He's not making make a moral judgment about it. Okay, He's basically, just uh, you know, he thinks that like if we had made choices that were different, we probably could have gotten to some of these other things. Yeah, basically, because but you need like something at the size of a government that can invest vast, vast resources right. into it. To make I think it that's important. We need. Yeah. We do need some sort of central control, mm-hmm. yes. which is why we haven't had flying cars, which is mm-hmm. why we're seeing with drones right now. Yeah is the issue is not that we can't make drones that can do really cool things. Yeah. It's that they have to coordinate with each other in order to not uh, you know, kill things. Crash uh, they always talk about like, things fly and... their drones when there's a fire and they have to ground the helicopters because they like can't. Like, yeah, some, some idiots flying their drone that they might run into. With drones flying around and they, they are kind of dumb right now mm-hmm. and they can't see a helicopter yeah. coming. Or there's no this, overall network. Same thing with like a flying car. Like we... Uh, we have the technology for flying cars, but mm-hmm. a human can't fly them because, uh, I mean, there, probably some humans could learn to fly them well, mm-hmm. but you can't just let every human mm-hmm. out there. You've seen how people drive, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, like around the L.A. The problem with self-driving cars is that it works really well if all the cars are self-driving cars. Right. But when it has to interact with regular cars driven by humans doing weird, unpredictable things, it's difficult. It also works really well when humans follow the pedestrian mm-hmm. laws. Yeah. But when people cross in the middle and not in a crosswalk, yep. the self-driving cars run them <laughs> over because they are not expecting them to be there yeah um so yeah i think there is some sort of oversight uh thing some sort of like some sort of sky net if you will yeah we need some sort of net in the sky (laughs) to control but we do need to have some sort of uh a way for Mm -hmm. uh all of these items to communicate with each other Mm -hmm. you know i don't know it is scary like yeah um when the items are uh you know, when drones and stuff are controlling themselves, we, you know, I, there was even an article that I didn't bring up about uh, how many of our autonomous drones are uh, 
like killing machines and can <laughs> mm-hmm. decide to whether or not to kill a human. Mm. Um, this is happening. Yeah. It's uh, a little bit scary. <clears throat> but um, I don't know. Humans can decide whether to kill humans, too, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I mean, so. we're, we're the ones programming. Uh, at, at this point, we, we are having these guardrails on our AI. We can program them with, like, what kind of decisions they can make, what sort of, you know, quote-unquote morals the, they have uh, right. based on the rules we're giving them. Uh, you know, maybe eventually they'll evolve away from that. But, um, but you know, there's decisions that have to be made right now. Yeah, there are rules for now. Yeah. And... Um, there has to be some sort of coordination, I mm-hmm. think, uh, on, on a large scale. Um, I don't know. I keep going back and forth because every time I say coordination of robots, it sounds <laughs> uh-huh. like they're going to organize and come get us. But on the other hand, if they're not r- coordinated, then yeah. they're flying into uh, buildings and helicopters yeah, and stuff. Yeah, you see the logical reason like why we would want our robots to coordinate. And you know, yeah. it, you know, it, I guess it's just your optimism or pessimism on whether that leads to a dystopia or not. Yeah, like if every car drove itself, we could get to West Hollywood in 10 minutes. Oh, man. Wouldn't that be uh, great? The dream. Except for the fact that I don't want to go to West Hollywood for any reason. Driving stresses me <laughs> out. I mean, but maybe you'd want to go there because it would be so easy and you'd just be able to, like, yeah. you know, be on your phone. You or just like pop into a, a pod that drives by and, and, yeah. and, and read a book and you'd be there in 10 minutes. Exactly. Um, that sounds great. I mean, L.A. would be so much smarter. We'd be able to read books while getting around. <laughs> so. Yeah. Imagine the... the, the <laughs> I mentioned the movies we could come up with if we read. The only things I'm jealous of New Yorkers is being able to be on the subway, read something, and and get where you're going. Yeah. Um, And you don't want to do that in L.A. I I lived without a car for three years Mm -hmm. in L.A., and it was... uh, It's hard. It was really hard. You got everywhere late, Mm -hmm. and at night, there was a lot of scary moments. (laughs) I wish it was better. I do... uh, like I'm, I'm in favor of public transportation, but uh, it's not that good around here. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, our dystopian uh, <laughs> report on the future of AI. Um, is there anything, Mike Rowe, that you would like to uh, plug? Yeah. Including uh, yourself. Uh, thanks so much for listening, everyone. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Mike Rowe, M-I-K-E-R-O-E. I don't have a W in there, unlike that other Dirty Jobs CNN. Oh, Mike not Rowe. the Dirty Jobs. Uh, Yours I, is I, like the fish egg. Yeah, I've gotten confused with him uh, on social media. I remember the Tea Party quoted him and tagged me. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, no, no, I'm not that Mike Rowe. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so follow me there. You can see future projects. I've got a book project I'm working on now. It's not announced yet, but it will be soon. So, uh, follow me there for all the news on, on me and, and journalism and also you can find me at LAist. It's L-A-I-S-T is the site I write about arts and entertainment for. Uh, I write about everything from, I just covered a Britney Spears pop-up to I've written oral histories of, uh, 30 Rock and Parks and Recreation and, and all sorts of fun stuff. Cool. And uh, uh, the uh, radio station again? It's KPCC 89.3 FM in Los Angeles, or you can find us online, on your apps, wherever. Awesome. Thanks for being here. I'm at Dave Chacho and all the things, and ScienceAF is at ScienceAFPod on Twitter, ScienceAFPod.com. You can email me, Dave, at ScienceAFPod.com, or say something uh, publicly and uh, hopefully it's nice, but uh, who cares? You don't have to be. <laughs> um, thanks for listening. I'll play the outro song again and make it official. Bye-bye. Science AF. Science AF.
Science AM. Science AF. Science AF. Science AF. Science as fuck. That's it. Bye bye. Thank you so much.